0: Picture this, Malaysia in the mid-60s. Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh, arrives in Kuala Lumpur for an official visit. After dinner, he takes to the dance floor for a bit of a boogie. And opposite the prince is this lady.
1: I was a dancer. Badan Kesenian, it was called. My sister and I, we were both dancing, Malay dance la. And it was wonderful. We were so like, ugh.
0: It sounded like really heady times, like, you know, in
1: oh. <laughs> yeah. Many many years after that, uh, Prince Philip came to visit Malaysia, and and I danced at the, at the at the occasion. I danced with Prince Philip. You would you wouldn't believe this. What, what did I you what
0: did you dance with Prince Philip? Jocky lah. Jogu- oh okay. Ah, because uh, was go- he a was, good mover? Was he? Uh, oh. Did of he know course, how to I boogie? Mean,
1: come on. He he's a prince.
0: Surely. I mean, sure what, what, was the queen rather disapproving of you no, no, down? No, he it? came alone. To in <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, wow. Brought to you by Mercedes Benz and BFM, you're listening to Shift, Tear and Strive, a show that shines a spotlight on influential minds and the inspiring, as well as sometimes the eccentric personalities behind them. I'm Azura Rahman. On this episode, Datuk Farida American. As far as Malaysian performing arts goes, there's arguably nobody more prominent today than Farida American. She has an unbridled passion for the stage and her devotion to the arts is undivided. In this day and age, she's what we call a multi-hyphenate, actor, theatre activist, playwright, and to many, a living legend. Born in Penang in 1939, Farida's foray into the stage began in primary school at St George's Girls' School. She's never looked back since and some of her most notable roles were inside Alwi's Tok and Alang Rentat Seribu and Usman Awang's romance epic Uda Dandara. Fast forward to today, her theatre company, The Actor's Studio, celebrated its 30th year of operations, a truly significant milestone for both her and her husband, Joe Hashem. We'll hear a bit more about him later. Their shared endeavours in the actor studio actually began the year they tied the knot. With her illustrious career spanning decades, I knew my conversation with Farida would be filled with stories. And boy, did we have them. Farida's candid nature left no stone unturned, touching on everything from family, work, politics, education, and of course, the love of her life, Joe. Her career as a performer started in radio but her body of work on stage is what defines her. Farida, a.k.a. the First Lady of Malaysian Theatre. I tried to trace back, the, you know, that that um, accolade. Who first bestowed it upon you? I wasn't quite sure at, for, at which point. I'm
1: sure it must have been either the newspapers or my very best friend, Joseph Gonzalez. I don't know who really did, but... I don't know. Maybe it was our marketing people, (laughs) Ang Yu Mei.
0: Right. It wasn't Joe. It wasn't your husband. Oh, no.
1: (laughs) No, 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 no. He he didn't get the name, the first man of Malaysian (laughs) theatre.
0: Is that is that a sore point for him?
1: No. <laughs> no. For no. do you want? To... He, he he jokes about a lot of things. He, oh, so he's sure. cute in that sense, right? Yeah. Um,
0: well, going cute back, in many senses, cute in many senses. Oh, well, you, you must quick. think
1: he's still so cute since you've been married for thirty years. I find him very cute. Oh, there's a collective awe in he, the room now. And he finds me cute too. So we this year, for instance, uh, is our. Twenty ninth anniversary, wedding as well as the actor studio. So we wish each other happy anniversary every day of the weeks and months so far. And <laughs> every day, every day,
0: you wake up saying, uh, "You happy think we're mad, Jill. right?
1: You think we're mad, right?" I
0: think it's cute. Yeah, we are mad. <laughs> I think it's cute. I'll say that. <laughs> Maybe
1: we don't want to forget. Right. Maybe because as you grow older, these things are very are very important mm. to remember, uh, lest we forget. So it is his idea, not mine. I'm not that mad sometimes, you know, <laughs> although, yes, I am quite mad. But, yeah, so we wish we wish each other happy anniversary, good morning, I
0: love you, my darling, every day. I mean, I've always thought there was a double act aspect to your relationship with Joe. You know, I mean, you guys a quip a minute when you're together. He says something, you say something, he finishes your sentences. Is it um is it something that, you know, you've kinda of honed and act over the years, or have you always been that way with him? Has you always finished your sentences? Have <laughs> you always, you know, yes, had he, quips he, with each he, other? He, he he either either I finish his
1: sentences and he gets upset with me. He <laughs> says, I am talking, let me finish or he finishes my sentences and I don't say anything about it. But you know, our as you say, there is we, we do lead a, a kind of a double life. Uh, our work is such that we have to manage, and uh, managing what we do in the arts is not really a very easy thing to do. So you must have moments of differences of opinion. You must because otherwise it'll be so boring. If I'm going to agree with him with everything that he says or does, I would not be myself. I would not be true to myself and vice versa as well and
0: and Joe as well. That's Joe Hashem, by the way. You know, the voice of BFM 89.9. And he cooks every day. Almost. Wow.
1: Not every day. We don't eat at home every day. That's what you call a keeper.
0: Right, no wonder you find him He, he cute. loves it. He <laughs> loves it, uh, and 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 it's just the two of us. Right, I imagine you have a very public life as it is. You meet a lot of people, and it's nice to kind of retreat back. Oh at home, yes, right? oh god, yes, 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 yes. And
1: we say this to one another very often. It's so nice to be having a dinner together. It's so nice to be in the car together, driving to Penang. It, and all those moments when you are just the two of us.
0: And just being quiet with each other.
1: Yeah. Are
0: there quiet moments between the two of you? I can't quite imagine it. No, imagine no. Imagine the conversation. We, we
1: talk a lot and we argue a lot and <laughs> right. we fight a lot. You know, we fight. We fight. You wouldn't believe it. But no, you will. You can believe it. You have to fight. Because if you don't fight, your adrenaline doesn't flow. So you must
0: fight. You must find reason to find. <laughs> <laughs> and you still find him cute after all these years.
1: I, I find him adorable. Yes. Oh. yes, yes, yes.
0: But what is it like, you know, for you? You have to find your mate. I adorable. agree. Yeah. I agree. Otherwise, I
1: agree. what's the point of getting together? You need
0: to be attracted to your mate,
1: right? It is it, not necessarily physical attraction mm-hmm. because have you seen his sponge? <laughs> I don't know, people find different things attractive But he is, he has a gorgeous voice He has a twinkle in his eye You know, yes, you have to find them adorable
0: Let's go back to that time when you first found this love for the stage What was the first play that you acted in? When I
1: was in primary school, in primary I, school, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was in primary school in Penang, and uh, this is the memory that is stuck in my head forever and ever. We were all we were dressed in black, uh, and we were playing the children of Macbeth's witches.
0: Wow, (laughs) what kind of primary school did you go to? I just had Malay dancers, Chinese dancers, and that's it. George's Girls School. Wow. Well, that was the the age
1: uh, because we were doing English literature and all that when I was in school. I'm one of the very, very lucky people in Malaysia who had that opportunity of doing poetry and um, not poetry slam, poetry and uh, debate and uh, standing on the stage and. Talking and and generally making a nuisance of yourself and enjoying the accolade that you get because you are on stage and you have taken a bow. I tell you, Azura, there's nothing like that. So I grew older and older loving the stage. My next play in school was, I believe, when I was in secondary school already. And I did She Stoops to Conquer when I was in Form 4. And then the next play that I did was uh, when I was in uh, Kotabaru Kotabaru Teacher's Training College in 1957. And I did uh, uh, Shakespeare's uh, Taming of the Shrew.
0: And you played? I played Kate. Wow. Mm-hmm.
1: And I had the wonderful opportunity to slap a man. How wonderful is that? Did, how, how many times did you do it? <laughs> when you were 17 years old, you right, know. Right. I can still remember the slap.
0: What were the rehearsals like? Was it like a gentle smack or did you like did you reserve it for the actual day? I, I, I can't remember the process, but I certainly remembered the
1: performance slap. Right. Yeah. What was it like then? What was the it slap was like? satisfying. <laughs> I hope the person is still around and alive and can uh, listen to this uh, interview on BFM and tell me. uh, Can still feel
0: the smart. Acting on his sure cheek, it hurt him. <laughs> but you know, it sounds as though that you put a bit of yourself as well on the stage. I mean, is it always acting? Is it also you know me, Farida, I, I wanting to slap a man? I acted for a long time.
1: I acted for a long, long time. And uh, I, when I came to Kuala Lumpur after I left uh, college in 1959, I came to KL in 1960, and I I continued uh, with the with the pleasure of acting with some wonderful people who were in Kuala Lumpur. They were the who's who and they were the knowledgeable people that I had the pleasure of meeting.
0: Moving from Penang to KL, Farida was an untrained actor doing freelance theatre gigs alongside her main job at Radio Malaysia. It was here that she learned and refined her skills, working alongside theatre luminaries such as K-DAS, Rahim Razali, Christian Jit, Joe Machado, and the aforementioned Said Aoi and Usman Awang, amongst others. The theatre scene was a cosy one. Everyone knew each other and hung out with each other. Respected directors and young ingenues sat at the same table. But there's some truth to the adage that one should not meet your idols. Were you cognizant of that? Do you realize? Oh no, I'm I'm around some greats here. I mean, they're going to be yeah, big people. Yeah, I, I was Did you about feel ten years
1: younger than than right. them, but they made you comfortable. You, of course, held them in awe. I was also being directed by Said Alwi uh, because he was, besides being in radio uh, as a program director, he was also a a stage person. He 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 directed. He wrote
0: you went right. along rented yep mm-hmm.
1: and also took and all that and he was not a very nice director oh, he really? was he was mean and he would, he would he would get angry with his uh, actors and all that and i we had a a falling out uh because of the personality differences but that's okay because we ended up being good friends anyway till his very last day and uh you know so Yeah, you you meet these people, you take them for what they are, you learn from them, you squeeze them dry. (laughs) Yeah, you will only benefit. Right. And I think I benefited a lot. Unfortunately, a lot of them have all gone to the big theatre in the sky.
0: You know, you mentioned um, these names. I imagine they were your role models because I I can see people growing up thinking, I want to be like Down American. Did you feel that way at that point then? I want to be like Osman Awang. I want to be like Saeed Alwi. Yeah, I want
1: to be as smart as them. Right. Yes, I want to be as clever as them. But then I also noticed that I do not want to direct like Saeed Alwi because uh, his style of directing was not my cup of tea. So it's okay. You can take the good and the bad. You can be critical of the people you Work with, because if you are not critical, you can never learn. So, with Osman Awang, of course, we cannot be like an Osman Awang. Osman Awang was just a one person. He was just God's gift to us Malaysian poetry or right. Malay poetry. He mm-hmm. was, and also God's gift to women. He just such a charmer. Kedas was a great, great writer, and a great friend, and also an actor. So. And Rahim, you know, until today, still doing it. Wonderful. He's my age. And he's still doing shoots. I think doing shoots is doubly difficult, much more difficult than going on stage. So, yes, people do come to me and say, I want to be like you. And I say to them, "Uh, it's a long road, baby. (laughs)
0: Farida's theatrical pursuits and contributions to the art scene has been well documented. There really is little that hasn't been said about her role as the First Lady of Malaysian Theatre. But there are those who believe that at the core of every true artist is a deep sense of struggle. It's what gives their work soul. And this was Farida's struggle. One of the things that struck me as well is, of course, the fact that... um, Back then, 1969, you were a single mom. Yes. And being a single working mother at any point in time is onerous. Let's let's be very frank about it. But what was it like at that time being a single mom, having to raise your son by yourself? It was
1: tough. It was, I think, uh, tough for me. But I managed it because I was already an adult and I therefore knew what to do with the life of being a single mother some right and some not so right but the sad thing is for my son of course because he was growing up as a single one Only child, child. Uh, as with a with his mother who's mad and crazy and working all her life and long long hours and my son had to fend for himself a lot of the time of course the relationship between him and and myself as a single mother, was not the very best of relationships. But that's all I could do. There's nothing else I could do. I Maybe there is a selfish streak in me wanting to do as much as I can. Uh, for yourself? For myself and for my son because I want to send him to for further education and so on and so forth, which, which we did. If I wanted to manja him, I would not have the wherewithal to do that. I couldn't. He was a very, very difficult person to manage. In what sense? He wouldn't listen to you. (laughs) He wouldn't listen to mummy. I mean, Mummy is a load of rubbish, you know. You, but
0: did he seek your approval at the same time? Because obviously you have this wealth of knowledge, and you you, you had um, all this experience. Oh, yeah, but
1: as you say, you know, when it comes to your own children, it's a different thing altogether. You were never trained to be a mother. You've got to be a mother uh, by instinct or maybe through learning from. But I was not a mother like my mother was, or maybe my son thought I was. Because of the nagging. (laughs) But, um, well, we got through. We got through. But unfortunately, not without a price. Which is? Yeah, because uh, he got into bad habits. Yes, he had some good friends, but the good friends also got into bad habits. Now, the funny thing is, even though he never lived with his father, he got the traits of his father. The wonderful habits that his father had.
0: What were some of these habits? Drinking.
1: And that was not good because it uh, it took Leslie's life. Right. And it also took his life.
0: The thing about being a mother, and I'm a mother um, now myself, is that you remember your children from the very first day yeah. that they come into this world. And I think that day will be fresh to you. Right up till the very end, yeah. um what was it like for you then, you know, having to bury your own child, having seen how he was from when the first day he was with you and how he had evolved um did you feel that things could have been different? Did you feel that it didn't have to end this way? uh well it's
1: it's not an easy. It's not an easy question to answer if things could have been different. Right from the day he was born, uh, I was still married to Leslie and uh, it was already written in the stars, I think, then because he was born with a cleft lip and a cleft palate and that caused uh, uh, Leslie to be even more upset with the fact that he didn't have a good-looking, stunning child, like as handsome as as he is. So it didn't help the marriage. But of course, it was not Pharaoh's fault. Of course. Mm -hmm. It was, that's how it was, you know. So from from being a baby, already he didn't have the love of his father. And uh, then after that, his father left, and uh, so it was just him and me. And uh, we had to, for good or for bad, uh, find the love for each other, with each other, as best as we could. And I don't think either of us did a terribly good job of it. But then, you see, you cannot live with regrets. Mm-hmm. And I'm a person who I tell myself that I I will not live with regret because if I do it is not going to help me so you have to accept it and uh, wish that he is of course in a better place
0: At this juncture I asked Farida if she'd be up for a change of scenery We got into the back seat of a car in search of a cup of tea and you know what? It was a good call. It certainly lifted the mood a few notches up. Oh my goodness, this is, this is fun! <laughs> this is fun! Wow! So you know, when, when you had your Mercedes, yeah. were you driving or were you being driven? What i driving.
1: <laughs> I was, I am still driving. I'm being driven by Joe. Right. Is because he a better driver
0: or you're the better driver? I think I'm a better driver. Don't you think you're a better driver? I certainly am, but I can't put up with the backseat driving for my husband. Oh. So I just let him take the wheel in that
1: sense. I am a backseat driver <laughs> because I'm very concerned that he may not pay attention. And I always say to him, Joe, you must, you must take care because there are really idiot drivers on the road. You know, to make him feel better. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Not you, but other drivers. (laughs) Yeah, but you cannot tell them that they are bad drivers. (laughs) So you must say they are really... And it's true, they are idiot drivers. Of course. yes.
0: I kid you not. Driving around with Farida American is like going down memory lane with a real-life encyclopedia. It was all so personal and insightful. The anecdotes range from a little bit of history. When did you come to Kuala Lumpur? Uh, in December 1959 Right. Wow, you actually remember the <laughs> exact moment it, it, it was your father born then. Now if you've been around Penang or KL long enough Chances are you'd have heard the family name American pop up In the long line of Americans throughout Malaysian history There were doctors, teachers, sportsmen And of course Farida, the thespian Quick historical fact The first Americans settled in Penang on Pitt Street Now known as the vicinity of Masjid Kapitan Kling. Farida graciously took me through the branches of the American family tree.
1: A lovely man. Americans are nice.
0: they? <laughs> you would say that too, right? Yeah, but there would, is a I long, would say that, yes. There course. is a long history of Americans in yes, this country. Though, very long. From Penang? Yes, very, very long.
1: Um, the Masjid Kapitan Kling is a testimony of the, what, what we have done in Penang. Right. You know, as merchants who came. To Penang and uh, started a living. Right. The Masjid Kapitan Keling is testimony for that.
0: Which yeah. is, I mean, a, a crazy amount of history to stand on your shoulders in that sense. Did you uh, ever feel that crazy, need to live up to a that? A crazy
1: amount of history, but also a wonderful clan that is made up of truly some wonderful people. Right. Not every not everybody is wonderful, but <laughs> <laughs> there are some very wonderful people. And then there's my father in Penang, whom I think also helped to produce some wonderful children. There were seven of us, right. uh, but the oldest one of us was uh, st- remaining alive is Ahmad Merican. Right, and we're very proud of our American. Our American uh, um, is the son of my father's elder brother from Penang. Right. Yeah. Right. So his family is also wonderful, and his children are also wonderful. There's Yasmin American and yes. Zah American, and many, many, many others. But you see, if I can, I hear your name again, Azura, Azura. You see, the greatest thing that we have done is to keep our American surname. Right. That is the best thing we have ever done. To be able to trace the To be able chair. to know who's who and yeah. where you are and right. yeah. Right, right. And even then, as I as I speak, there are some who refuse to be called Americans. Canoa don't want to be attached to the mama thing Oh really? Mm. Oh god, I thought to myself, you are mad. <laughs> and why is that so? Because
0: don't be embarrassed. Right. La. Right. Embarrassed. Right. Yeah. Speaking of which, my parents had a neighbour who shared the American surname. So naturally, I connected the dots. And I had an American who lived next to my mum's house for the longest time.
1: She did American?
0: Really? Yes, Yes, that's my cousin. Yes,
1: I would think so. He's not my cousin, he's my nephew. Oh, he's your nephew. So he passed me about 10 years ago. Yes, yes, yes. He was a sprinter, right? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, that Siddiq. That Siddiq is yes, yes, my cousin. Right. There are other Siddiks as well. Right, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yes, that yes, Siddiq. Yes,
0: yes, yes. And suddenly, we could even be family. I have relatives in Hukitara, Oh, do you now? I yes. still have relatives there too, as well. Yeah. By the Masjid. It's a lovely area. My God, oh, we're sorry. related, probably. Perhaps. At the grand old age of 80, it was clear that there was a lot of fire left in Farida American. And she is leading the charge by example. Farida is still on the stage, playing her role, saying her lines, and turning up the style on every show night. I know, I love acting,
1: yes, I love acting. But uh, the other, you know, at the back of my, of my head, I know that there, I have to negotiate with the people I work with about guys, let's not lose money, let's not spend money unwisely i have to negotiate and of course they don't like this face who comes along every time to negotiate <laughs> for heaven's sakes you know can we not can we not pay our actors more money can we not no you can't unless there is the money then right. you can right you just have to be sensible
0: and i suppose is that love for acting that's driving you to continue trying to find ways to keep this no it's not just alive. love for
1: acting it's just love for the arts right it's right. just love for the arts and also joe and i have a um have a reason this is our calling we are doing this because we Thoroughly believe in it and because we want to develop the people of Malaysia to be be artists, to be good artists, not just performing artists, also visual artists and anything else, to be great writers.
0: I feel like you're not going to give up so easily. I mean, like you're turning (laughs) 80 this year and you said you're not going to stop until there's a theatre on every street corner. I don't think that's going to be happening anytime soon, unfortunately. Will you finally retire at some point? Do you think that, you know what? No, 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 I won't retire. I will. You won't go gently into the night? I will go (laughs) gently into the night.
1: I will. I don't know what God has in store for me, but I certainly will not retire. I will do what I have to do and want to do until the end of my days.
0: Now, um, bringing back to where we are now, um, almost 30 years of the Actors Studio. Uh, of your partnership with Joe, so it's a bit of a momentous year. You're turning eighty this year, as a matter of fact, which is a big number. Um, or was there any point in time in your career where you envisioned yourself being where you are here today—the theatre activist, or you know, the the first lady of Malaysian theatre? Still acting even today because you're involved in three different productions as we speak now, right um did you see that you were gonna be this career um theater person is how you like to call yourself
1: yeah well, as uh, we moved along and we grew stronger and stronger and uh i in 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 my interviews or or little whatever, I always say I would not arrest until I can see. A theatre at every street corner, uh, whether it's the street corner of the country or the street corner of Kuala Lumpur, I do not know. But I would like to see a theatre at every street corner because in my travel sometimes <coughs> I see little little spaces in shopping complexes and so on that that were uh, theatre spaces, and if they can do it, and I don't see any reason why we cannot do it. And another reason is this that Malaysia does a lot of training for the performing arts. A lot of students are, are, go to universities and, and all that and come out trained. So what are they going to do?
0: But not yet having the outlet to do yeah, what they've been trained do to do. have
1: the spaces for you to set up your own theatre outfit. You must do that because you cannot depend on uh, the government outfits. You cannot because they will use their outfits for their own purposes. And we have so many talented young people. And these young people, talented young people, must be given an opportunity to do something.
0: But what is it about theatre that really makes... You, that- that's you know turned into a cause for you, that you will not stop, you will not rest until there's you know a theater at every single street corner. What is it about theater that's that's so important in our everyday lives that you think that everyone needs to be touched by it? Because
1: uh the arts is a very uh important component to everybody's being. Uh it is your, you know, how they say, your left brain and your right brain and so on. And you have to develop both. Uh, otherwise, you're not a total person. Uh, but the arts, the arts is good for the soul. So I think that um, it is a civilization with a heart. And you cannot teach this. You have to experience it. You have got to see something and you like you go to a art gallery and you look at the paintings and you can't understand a lot of the paintings it doesn't matter it does something to you you it feel something you. Yeah. yes it touches you and then maybe you can start to imagine what is this um a painter artist trying to say so these are the things that you have to bring it out in the young of our people yes you can go to the universities you can read books you can but you have to experience it you have to do it you have to perform you have to write the script you have to direct a play you have to direct a film or if not at least just watch it or if not you just become a member of the audience mm-hmm. which is of course Developing audiences is also another big task that we have to do. Everyone wants free tickets? Oh, yeah. oh God. <laughs> you hit the nail on the head. <laughs> yeah. Free tickets and they come is okay. Free tickets and they don't come oh, is another dear. story, right?
0: Oh, dear. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's, I can, I've never seen your eyes roll back that much for you guys. <laughs> like the mention of free tickets. <laughs> this is the thing, the reason why we don't make money too.
1: Because our tickets are cheap. And you know why our tickets are cheap? It's for the rakyat. It's for the people. We want them to be able to afford to come and watch theatre. So we, we make them affordable. Right. point sometimes can critique <laughs> Because it's too cheap. I don't know. <laughs>
0: No, because it's not cheap enough. Not cheap enough. Yes. yes. Would that be your parting words for today? Pay for your own tickets for those weird- Oh yes! <laughs> Please stop having this
1: bad, ugly, awful habit of expecting a free
0: ticket. That brings us to the end of the third episode of Shifts Here and Strive, a production of BFM and Mercedes-Benz. I'm your host Azra Rahman and this was written, edited and produced by Ali Johan with additional sound mixing by Lawrence Graham. Additional research and coordination by myself and Arif Roos with executive producer Ezra Zaid. To listen to more episodes from this series including an upcoming interview with MDEC CEO Serena Shukri check out bfm.my forward slash strive or stream it on the BFM app.